Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Catherine. Dr. Sheila Collins observes that our story comes from the body. And Sheila, who refers to herself as the dancing social worker, transitioned from a faculty position in social work to write, speak, teach, and perform about art-based somatic practices, in particular, the art of movement. For the past 28 years, Sheila has been a teacher trainer in interplay, which offers a philosophy and practices to access creativity, to facilitate our own and others' health and well-being. She's the author of several books, and um, Sheila, we feel free to show those books um, that deal with uh, helping people heal from grief, loss, illness, death, and also a book particularly written for caregivers. So we'll hear more about those books. And Sheila, we're so eager to hear about your work and its relevance to women as we age. So welcome as an advocate to women over aging. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, I have been having a good time just even preparing for this. Uh, you know, it's something about when you ask somebody about their life, you know, it's um, uh, our stories are part of our riches, uh, I think. And so I love that I can be somebody who can uh, uh, help people access their stories and even get inside of the story, not just stand back on it hoarding it, but actually getting inside of it. So uh, this morning, I think what happened, um, uh, I, I wanted to say, I, want, I wanted to say something that I think is important, which is models, role models are very big in, in a lot of things, but especially in aging, because it's like, it gives you the idea of what's possible or not, if it's too narrow. So I know that one of my uh, role models uh, was um, a dancer because I, that's my first profession as a dancer, Ruth St. Dennis. Ruth St. Dennis was, I had to check and see how old she was when I saw her. I was 16. So I thought she was 100. I mean, really, I thought that old woman's going to get on the stage. I really did. Anyway, it turns out she was 76 at the time. It was Jacob's Pillow, and I was a um, what called a scholarship student. My my dance teacher had been a Denishan dancer. Mm. So she was able to get us in, my girlfriend and I, to be a, a scholarship student, which of course meant you waited tables, you cleaned the latrines, and you got to see every performance because we were ushers. So I saw this old woman, as it turns out, 76, I didn't know, she looked 100, but she, I saw this woman every night, and I'm, I, my voice cracks when I talk about it, because she would step on that stage, and you've probably heard the expression stage presence, right? Well, there's something now that I know it is called embodiment, I mean, there was no cell in her body that was not alive as she stood. I mean, stood in stillness. You could not take your eyes off of her. And every, every night I would think, is she going to do it again? <laughs> you know? But she would. And so uh, when I see now, you know, I found a, a, something that she says, one of her sayings, I see dance being used as communication between body and soul to express what is too deep for words. 
And uh, then she also, another thing she said, which I love, she said, I move with remembered beauty, which I think if you think about it, we know that we can, our minds can create a memory and we can live in that memory. And I think she moved from that. So I'm not sure. Anyway, she did live um, long into, she did dance into her eighties, which I didn't know until this morning. I, like I said, uh, so I, <clears throat> I feel that I am her daughter or her granddaughter <laughs> in that uh, I am 81 years old and I uh, have gotten to where I tell people that I remember when I didn't, because I didn't want people to, start putting limits on me. <laughs> but now I'm at the stage and actually a lot of younger people have suggested that I do this. Um, I say I'm 81 and I am not complaining. I am bragging <laughs> so, because I know that I am very fortunate to be here. <laughs> Many of the people I went to school with are not. Um, and so, um, you know, it, I, I think we need to recognize that uh, it is this gift that we're given if we're, if we're allowed to to live a long life. So what, Sheila, what brought you a little, give us a glimpse into what brought you between being a dancer and then you went into social work. Right, right. And then you've, you've done a lot of work around loss and grief and healing. Can you give us a... a yeah, a bit of a sense of yeah. that journey? So the, the, the roadmap to that, I guess, is that... Um, I, um, when I was studying social work, I was also teaching movement and I was studying like group process and all this. And, and I began to see that involving movement and even I had young children and then I had college students that I was teaching that there was a way in which the, the, the group process was happening in a fuller way, kind of going back to that embodiment thing. So, so, um, so I just started, and fortunately, I went to school at Wayne State University in uh, Detroit, and I had a couple of women, uh, again, elder women, who encouraged me to bring into social work what I already had, you know, <laughs> bring your whole self. Yes. And yeah. so, uh, so I did, and, and I began experimenting with using movement as a part of communication, you know, mm -hmm. and even if people just start with a gesture and then they say what they were going to say or, you know, just simple things. And um, so that was uh, that was part. And I did that when I became a professor of social work. And uh, so and I, then I, <clears throat> then what I began to see was that, see, dancers know something that is true for everyone, but everybody doesn't know it. My my instrument my artistic instrument is my body. And so is yours. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything that happened, we say in interplay, uh, you know, everything is physical in this plane. In this plane, it has to go through the physical. So we have to practice meditation, you know, uh, to go to this place of spiritualness or whatever. Uh, so it's, um, uh, it, 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 our body is, you know, it, and like, it's kind of, I think of it like we say, if we take care of the earth, the earth takes care of us. I think we take care of our bodies. Our bodies take care of us. So, um, yeah. So now <laughs> some of this did not make sense to me either. I, I just, I would get to places. Um, uh, uh, well, let me say this. There was a number of years ago, I did some work with women's careers. And um, there was um, a book that was called, is this where I was going? 
I love that book because I don't think that many of us say, well, here's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to do this. And then, I mean, we don't have a big plan. And I think a lot of times we are chosen. We, we are brought into it, you know, and I feel that way in terms of this, uh, certainly being a dancer, my mother put me in before I could hardly walk. So, you know, uh, that wasn't my choice. My choice to stay in was many decisions throughout my life to stay in and keep doing it. And I would get to places where I'm not sure what I should be doing now, but I think I'll just keep moving anyway. <laughs> that, that doesn't hurt anything. And, uh, and those, that is the road less traveled in terms of, for me, you know, that I did Can that. You tell, um, I, some people won't, don't know what interplay is. Can you sure, tell yes. us about interplay? Yeah. So um, I'm, um, I'm thinking um, it was, um, I had just finished my first book. And I went to the university um, uh, in California at Berkeley to do a presentation. And I um, saw uh, on this poster board, you know, uh, do you need a ride to San Francisco and free cats and, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. There was a woman's post, a poster of this woman. And I was just, I mean, it just grabbed me. I've got to talk to that woman. I said, who is she? <laughs> and so it was Cynthia Winton Henry who was a dancing minister and taught at the Pacific School of Religion. I don't know if you have met her, but, um, and uh, so uh, that's what started it. I mean, I, I knew there was something about her physicality, uh, that picture of her, and I, I wanted to know her. So at that time, she was uh, president of the um, Sacred Dance Guild, which is an organization of uh, people who use art and use dance in liturgical uh, religious ceremonies. And, um, and I had done that in my lifetime. I, so I, uh, I wasn't at that time, but I had been with the um, uh, Jewish Community Center in, in uh, we had uh, festival dancers and we would dance in churches and synagogues to bring people together from different religious backgrounds. So anyway, that's, and then, boy, the rest has been history in terms of what it did for me, because it brought together a lot of what I had been playing with, but she and her partner, Phil Porter, had uh, begun to, they had a, a system. And when you do improv, you really need a system. You really need the forms to hold it. So um, that's, <clears throat> that's what happened. And I think what was happening in my own life at that time, my youngest son, was in his 20s, 25 or so, and he had been diagnosed with AIDS. And of course, at that time, that was a death sentence. Mm -hmm. So using these tools and having that community to hold my husband and I both, it felt like we were held up uh, for sure uh, through that. And uh, so, uh, and of course, the people in Interplay, uh, there were Many of them were in San Francisco. Many of them were dealing with this uh, pandemic that, you know, was mm -hmm. happening. So um, so it was uh, a place that we were really um, held up. Mm -hmm. And so was Interplay, so what, what was Interplay? What did it become for you? Is it just, is, is it a, a type of, of thinking, of work that you do? Or well, it is, assist, it is, it is, that what we say that the, 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 the we're taught to say 
because interplay is an active, creative approach to unlock the wisdom of the body. So I, what I see is that we're going for access to our creativity in a different way. We also now understand that most of us, whoever we are, whatever ancestors you have, our ancestors, they sang, they danced, and they told stories. Mm -hmm. Maybe around a fire, maybe in the church, you know, basement, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm sure of it. And some of us have lost what we call now our birthright practices. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. And that's how people found individual resilience. But most importantly, that's how people found the group support so that you didn't feel alone when you were going through something. It was a community event. And so Interplay is now in about 60 cities in the United States, and, it, and it's in five, on five continents. And it's used for many different things. Many social work types like me, um, I've, I've taken it to the women's prison. And when you go to the women's prison and you teach them how to tell their stories and mostly how to listen to each other, that's because that's part of the game. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. You know, even that structure is not something that we're always, uh, you know, about. And uh, then th the women say to me, thank you for coming because for two hours we were not in prison. Oh. <laughs> so so uh, that has given us a, a little meditation about what are we doing to for our own, you know, um, Cynthia said, interplays about freedom. How much freedom are we giving ourselves? Mm -hmm. Or how many limitations are we putting on ourselves? So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big part of it. And I know now that you um, you practice, obviously, I practice interplay, and you also teach and train other people. I right? do. I do. And this is what I, I, I sort of am laughing at myself because there was nobody that was more complaining of technology than me. I mean, I just I thought it was a plot to <laughs> get rid of us old people. I don't know. But uh, but when I when this COVID thing happened, and Cynthia is way ahead of me on this, she did this a number of years ago. I was at one time the board president for the uh, organization, and we started having our meetings online. And she would hold my hand. I'd be so nervous, you know, to be doing this. Uh, but anyway, I just said, "You're not leaving this. This is your room here, and people are coming to this room." You have to put them on here on this little box, you know, and so that's what I've been doing. Yes, and it's wonderful. I I just can't say enough about. I, I can't even believe that we can make these connections uh, through these screens. Yeah. You know, I know one of the one of the courses you offer is I think called Radical Self Care. Yes, yes, and yes. Tell us about that and why. I'm I'm really interested in what. It seems to me that women cannot get enough self-care. And what is it that draws us to self-care and what inhibits us from reaching out? Yes. That's a great question, um, Catherine. Because when I wrote the original version of the book, um, this I was going to hold it up. This is I, I've, We've redone the book with newer, uh, updating the research, you know. But um, it's... Uh, Self-care, it's, it's Still Point is the name, Still Point, a self-care playbook for caregivers to find ease, time to breathe, and reclaim joy. So um, 
what I did, I got one of my students. Yeah, there you have it. I didn't realize you had it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I, I was motivated initially to do this because my students were going into healthcare. I was in the healthcare uh, part of social work at that time. And, uh, and they, and everything was a mess and they were so devastated. It, it's, it reminds me of how is it, how it is now. And, and we, we gave them nothing to, to help. <laughs> so I started pulling out stuff from my dance background mm-hmm. and uh, to, to, and that's what I came up with the notion of, of having to be in touch with your body and listening to what you need and not just pushing through or letting other people push you through. Because again, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not there to take care of others. And, and at the time I initially did this, that was a, a very, it was thought of as selfish. It was really thought of as selfish. And, and now we know that it's not selfish <laughs> at all. And, and so the, the notion of radical self-care is really at the root. And at the root is our bodies. That, you know. And then if, if our bodies are healthy, then our, you know, our inspiration comes and, and, um, and, and the other aspects of, of our life. Uh, we, we have our resource. We have everything. When we're in our bodies, we have everything that we know. We can bring it. I want to ask about uh, being in our body because I have a friend who has Parkinson's. And so she's getting, as she says, quite annoyed with her body. Mm. And this notion of being in your body, we live through our body, is giving her some pause. And so how do you think about this in terms of people who have any kind of physical limitations or as we age, we do have some limitations. Well, it's so interesting you're picking that particular disease because it happens to be one that dance has something to offer. It's so amazing. And currently I have a, a client who has Parkinson's and he has been he just started coming to my little class that I have online. And what he's telling me is that what happens, and it's a brain thing, of course, it comes, starts in the brain. So he'll, he will want to walk, but his, he's sending the message, but his feet are not getting it. And so it's a kind of frozenness. So then what he looks for is a way to break that frozenness. So he sees if, he's, if there's anything he can move. If he can move a little his spine, it, it can sometimes unlock it. So there are dance companies in the United States that offer dance classes for people with Parkinson's. Yeah. So it's, it's so it's, it's a, it's a new, it's, it's, it's part of our understanding, a better understanding of really our own bodies and how things actually work, you know, um, or don't work and what happens when they don't work. I'm curious to know, you said something a minute ago about, Self-care being seen as selfish. Yes, yes. Talk yeah. a little bit more about that. Well, I came up with this in my original version of my book. And my husband, I have to give him credit for this because being a man, he didn't have the same messages in his brain as I had in mine. So he suggested that there is self-care is in the middle where you, re- you have regard for yourself and care for yourself. Um, as well as care for others, you can err in the direction of selfless, 
And we, we all know those people. They, I mean, they are just above us all. And usually they get in a very bad, resentful mood at some point, you know, <laughs> but you know, they just don't need anything and they're just great. And they even won't even let people help them. And, you know, sometimes I've had, I had a guy say to me, uh, my wife won't let me help her. <laughs> she, you know, he said, we're taking care of her mother and she won't let me help her. <laughs> so I said, well, just grab that laundry basket away from her. Don't, you know, uh, but, but anyway, that notion of selfless or selfish, and that's when you just care about yourself and nobody else. That doesn't work well either. So we're really balancing. It's a balance. It's, it's being in balance. So that's, that's the way we formulate it for people. That's a and great way to look makes, at it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering as you work with women, especially, I know you work with people of all ages, but as you work with women who are 60, 70 into their, um, what, what do you, what are some of the things you hear from women that, what are the big issues that they're dealing with that you're able to help them access their creativity in? Well, this is going to sound weird but one of the things and this is not just older people older women I think it's true I'm too fat I can't move because I'm I can't do that because I'm too fat or you could be too thin I mean I don't know but usually for older people we're too fat you know so there's a kind of shaming of the body there's a kind of you know there's that there's also I'm not um I'm not skilled enough so that's why we talk about these things as being birthright practices, because it, nobody has to be an opera singer to sing. Nobody has to be a ballet dancer to dance. I mean, those we, we do see some of the most incredible performances of the arts. We do. But, you know, it's kind of like I think I know a lot of people who watercolor, but they don't say to themselves, well, I'm not, uh, you know, the famous, uh, <laughs> the famous uh, artist. I mean, I'm just doing my version, you know, so I think that's, we have to get into that notion that it's a, it's a vehicle of expression. And um, mm -hmm. you asked me earlier about the issue of uh, my second book, which I guess I want to just mention. Um, so the journey that I, this is a memoir, for sure. And, and it was a long journey to write it. And um, so it's warrior mother, fierce love, unbearable loss, and the rituals that heal. Mm -hmm. And um, this was my son, I mentioned, had AIDS. And eventually he lived with it for four years. But uh, he used interplay tools and community to help him handle it. And self-care. He was big on self-care because he was sure that the cure was just around the corner so his job was to take care of himself the best he could so he could be there for it and he really was a great you know he, he almost made it he did he just didn't quite make it the um the, the cocktail they hadn't figured it out yet until shortly after he after he died uh but then we had a daughter who um had breast cancer which is not uncommon in this day uh but she had a a different kind than is usual and she uh, had to have a bone marrow transplant and then eventually she died of her disease so um so being offered that much loss uh caused me to really want to go into it because um well it, what would happen is people would be look like they were so sorry for me you know 
and 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 are almost afraid of me like oh my god uh and and they didn't seem to know that yes it was very painful and but they didn't seem to know there were many gifts in that situation too and things that i wouldn't i wouldn't give my life i for you know so so i wanted to understand more about that because i didn't get that in social work school <laughs> you know about the gifts in grief so uh, -huh. uh so and and again falling back on my next book is going to be that i'm working on now if i ever get clearer about it is the art of grieving because i believe that if you're lucky to live a, a long life you you know you're going to have grief unless you're planning on not committing to anything or having any relatives you know mm -hmm. so uh so we have to get good at it and so what does it take to do that you know and um and i think it has something to do with living as fully as you can and um and for me interplay and the tools of interplay um have, were so helpful like we have i'll give you just one example we have a, a form that's called side by side stories so my husband would be next to me and i'm here and we're both going to tell you the story of dealing with my daughter now you can't really hear the other person too well you get little snippets of something that they say and you can put that in your story but mostly you're on your own story you're told to think of it like music give some pauses <laughs> so there's overlap get the idea okay so we do this and what happens is something is very transforming i still this was 15 years ago and i still have people who were present for that experience and and what it meant for them because his way of grieving was so different from mine mm -hmm. and there was many things we could not really come to grips with you know but we could each have our stories and somehow if you got both of those stories you really got the picture are you telling them at the same time or you go yes, first yeah you yeah. do yeah pretty much at the same time that's right yeah 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 so that's just one moment that stands out in my in my life because we just uh and then you, you the directions are you try to find a way to come together and so uh if you hear somebody say something you can say it with you find it you you find an end together so you're in a container i think that's the way to think of it you're in a container and you are telling something that is in your heart and very you know embodied in your life and and the other person is doing that too in this case you know we were both dealing with a very powerful uh, experience so um, yeah so i'm pretty lucky <laughs> pretty pretty lucky so the, the the book that you're working on the art of grieving as you know there's many many books out there on oh yes and grieving yes. yes so what is it that you will be bringing that is unique or that you that kind of makes that, that you have to offer. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just no, no, it's, it's always, that's always the case. And in fact, I have to say, this has actually happened. Uh, I had a sort of outline. I had a sort of image of the book and had written, you know, um, and, and somebody I know came out of the book just recently. And I thought, well, that was my book, but I guess it's not. 
I mean, at first I felt really awful, you know, but then I realized that's not my book. That's her book. But there was amazing the connections of things that she was, was doing, you know, that she was picking up. So, so I think what, um, what may be a unique perspective and maybe some of it really comes from being a dancer. I, I, I just wonder, you know, uh, because um, I danced at my son's funeral. Did you? And that was a gift for me and for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I don't, I know I would not have been able to do that if I hadn't been, didn't have this practice of using the arts. So, so, so the art of grieving is two ways. First of all, it is that there is an art to grieving as there is an art to a good life. And so let's get good at it on the one hand. And the second part of it though, is that really the arts connect us to our creativity and, one, and, and give us tools to be able to express what's in our hearts. And um, creativity is really, that is the commitment to something new, which is the hardest part when we've lost. So the commitment to something new, because I, I would think that, I put myself in this, that many women in our age group mm -hmm. uh, were told that creativity is one thing. It's, it's, you have to be able to produce some kind of art. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and so I grew up thinking I'm not very creative. Mm -hmm. And I hear that from a lot of women. Yeah. And yet when I look at aspects of my life, I've been very creative, but I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it's, it's being open to something new, to imagination, to this balance of soul and body. Yeah. And yes, exactly. Keep going with that. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, I mean, you know, gardening can be your art. You know? Uh it's 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 something that you um that you put yourself into and and see in in interplay with what we're using are, are our own experiences i mean the stories are the stories and 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 the other part about that is that every time you tell the story and you if you if you sing part of the story or if you anytime you do anything slightly different it kind of changes the story not in a in a not truthful way but if i tell you a, the story again i might bring in another element i didn't bring in the last time the first time so so it's the the, the story is um as as writers say you you start working on the story but then the story starts working on you <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. where does it want to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that's the other part that, <clears throat> that changes us as we, as we invest. So yeah. Sheila, would you say that resilience is born out of creativity? Well, my, my husband would certainly say that because he's written a book on resilience. So, uh, so that word is certainly uh, applicable. It, it, the ability to uh, uh, make it through tough things and to be strengthened by them, by the, by the challenge of it. That's what that is. And so um, 
so yes, I think see um, new and to see new new beginnings or new approaches. Yes, new yes. ways of thinking about what happened and where you go from there. Well, and even for some elder people, where did you go? Because I know a woman who was a caregiver to her husband who had Alzheimer's. And when you look at her resume, <laughs> what she did with that, yes, she took care of him. She did good, but she learned a lot about it. She did organizational kinds of things that really helped other organizations know more about this population. She wrote children's books to help children understand. I mean, so the other day she sent me some of her, a little care package of some of the things she had written. And I, I looked at it and I, it was a bunch of stuff and I just picked up one thing and I happened to notice that yesterday was her husband's crossing day, we call it, or the day that he died. Actually, I mean, of all the material, I just picked it up and there it was. So, so I sent her a text and I said, well, I got this care package and it wasn't my birthday or Christmas or Hanukkah. It turns out it was Dave's crossing day and I am celebrating his life with you and I am celebrating what you have done with your life with him. So, uh, so that's, the, that's the example I could say that you, it's not just going through it, but what, it, what, you, what you become, what we become as we go through, and then really trusting that that wisdom can help other people. So when you talk about the story, our story comes from our body. Yes. These are yeah. the, can you say a little bit more? And then, um, because I think that you've been obviously giving us ex examples of that, but just mm -hmm. what does that mean? Our, our stories come from the body. Well, they tell me, I'm not a scientist, but that everything that is, has ever happened to me is in my body. And you know that if you've had an injury, because, you know, it can call on you that, you know, uh, you're, kitchen, the get along kind of thing, you know, which right, I had right. not too long ago. I said, what is this? It's a hitch in my get along. You know? <laughs> Where is this coming from? So, uh, so we have that. Uh, and, and so we play with this in interplay. So, um, so like I could tell you something, or I can decide that I'm going to move first. I'm going to just move first. And then see what might emerge. And um, so I think what's kind of emerging is a sort of a feeling of, um, I don't know if the word's excitement or just joy, you know, just the kind of joy that I feel. And, um, and I know it comes from, well, it comes from dance for sure. The gift of, the gift of movement in, in dance is, is joy. And, and it doesn't maybe change what's happening out there or over there. We're still in a mess or whatever, but, um, but that doesn't mean I have to be in a mess you know, all the time. So, uh, yeah, so that it becomes, um, anyway, a, a way of, of accessing information. And sometimes, and you know this, you have known things you didn't know how you knew them, you know. And, and so, and that's part of 
of our sensory motor uh that we 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 sense things we get information but doesn't but it doesn't come through here it doesn't come through here so we don't have a label for it maybe or something so um i i really feel that many of us women are we're, we're very intellectual we can you know do it with the best of them in terms of the categories and all of that but we have another way also uh, which is more of a receptive, uh, what, what's trying to happen? How can I be a part of what's trying to happen? You know, that I sense, that I can, that I can sense. My, my daughter, when we, when, when she was in her 20s, she said, the trouble with my mother is she's ahead of her time. <laughs> so, and her example was that I had had her by natural childbirth. And nobody did that in those oh. Her friends would say, I can't believe your mother did that. So that was her example. And I guess it is an example. But I think it's often the case that we do we do go out in, um, what do I want to say? We, we pay attention to what's trying to happen. And we're very connected to other people. So we have wisdom. That's what we say. We have wisdom and um, that we need to pay attention to, even if other people are not so convinced yeah. that they should pay attention. I, I just think this is such a, an important conversation for uh, all of us, all women to hear, because we we do have a lot of wisdom. We accumulate so much experience. We And when, um, so how do we access our own stories in ways that are meaningful to us and then to other people? And I think at a certain age, we kind of start to shut our bodies down or, um, I think I can't can't remember what you how you ex phrased it, but we we try to push through rather than yes yes. Who am I in my my body, and what is my body? What is it telling me? And not just about my physical self, but about my oh. my emotions, my Absolutely. feelings. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I am really so. We are out of time. That is the that is the tragedy. It is. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to say before we we close? Well, I just want to say that, in surprise to me, we can do many things online. That we can have some of these. You're you're demonstrating it for sure, <laughs> and I want to tell people that. And it's not that hard. And and so I I've been doing things online and offering classes online and. Uh, so uh, to to be willing to try it, you know, and and, and the oh, and the, the cool thing is, you can shut your video off if you're afraid that you know you're embarrassed. You could just <laughs> work quite as well, but but off and on, we tell people that you know, if you uh, if you are if you're embarrassed, don't don't be embarrassed. <laughs> so we will be sure to let people know uh, how they can reach you and uh, yes, and, and the wonderful books, books. and. Uh, We'll look forward to uh, the art of reading. Thank you so much, yeah. Gail and, and and Catherine. You're doing such wonderful work. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for so ladies. much for being with us. Wonderful having you. Thank All right. Bye-bye.